0: It is Monday, April 19th, 2021, and on today's episode of Monday Morning Football, we're talking AFC North draft previews. So that's the Cincinnati Bengals draft previews, that's the Cleveland Browns draft previews, that's the Baltimore Ravens draft previews, and of course, the King of the North, the Pittsburgh Steelers draft previews. This is Monday Morning Football with the Guru. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Football. Appreciate y'all, man. You could have been anywhere on this planet, but you're rocking with me, and I appreciate y'all. So with that said, I'm going to ride to it because we're doing the draft needs. The draft is coming up, and I got to talk about the AFC North, one of the best divisions in football. You know what I mean? Like, in my opinion, in my my opinion, the AFC North is one of those uh, divisions because you guys know me. I'm an NFC guy. You know, I'm a power NFC guy. We're not about finesse. We're just about power. So the AFC North always reminds me of the only division in the AFC that plays NFC style of football. You know what I'm saying? That's why I always, always like the AFC North, man, now, to be honest with you. I always like the teams in the AFC North just because it's similar to the style of play I'm accustomed to. You know what I'm saying? And that's why you could tell the AFC North kind of dominate the, um, the AFC in general. So you take away – the um the New England Patriots last 20 years of dominance, the AFC North absolutely dominates the entire AFC, man. So, with that said, let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals as we go for our offseason and draft previews, right? So the Bengals are led by obviously the GM slash owner Mike Brown and second year head coach. No, third year, hold up Is this second no third year head coach Zach Brown, man? my man i mean zach taylor i'm tripping mike brown zach taylor second is the bangles dog you really think i'm gonna be sitting out here doing all this research on the damn bangles hell nah so you, y'all expect me to mess things up here and there dog shit the bangles always mess everything up anyway so i'm just doing the same thing the bangles are used to doing you know what i mean <laughs> but realistically let's talk about zach taylor for a man the last couple of years, Zach, there was what six and twenty-five and one overall record so far in his young tenureship as a head coach. And frankly, I don't even know if this dude could coach, bro. Like, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. Like, I I don't know if he could coach. Like, could he coach? The record obviously shows me, I, uh, you know, uh, but I really don't know. But the thing about historically with this Cincinnati Bengals organization, they don't fire quick. You know what I mean? It don't matter if you suck or not. They don't fire quick. So, uh, with that said, um, I think Zach Taylor got himself job security for a long period of time in Cincinnati, man. I mean, you got to really do something really dumb to get fired as a head coach for the Bengals within five or six years of your tenureship. So, he's he's, he's safe, man. So moving forward, I want to continue now with as far as the key departures because there's a transition going on in Cincinnati right now, man. Uh, it's like things have changing. The old guards, uh, they're just changing. It's becoming a new team, a new culture, just a change. Uh, with that said, you see the old guard like key departures like Geno Atkins. It seemed like... For the last, basically, 10, 15 years, when I think about the Bengals, the, uh, the, the two guys I think about is Geno Atkins and A.J. Green, man. So, um, they're both, those guys are gone from the Bengals. Um, A.J. Green, one of the all-time greatest Cincinnati Bengals player of all time. He's also was a key guy that was, uh, that was released from the organization this past season. And the organization is just going in a different direction, man. Uh, with, uh, with the influx of... Of new youth, they, they got it's a youth movement right now. So, uh, and and AJ Green is a casualty of that, obviously as well as long long term um, standout Geno Atkins. Another key departures are William Jackson, uh, one of the surprising move in my opinion. William Jackson, he's a very above average cornerback um, in the NFL. So that was a shocking move for me as far as the Bengals not picking him up as uh, as far as that goes. And obviously they release... A long-time third-down back, long-time stay over there in Cincinnati, Giovanni Bernard, who just signed now with um, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. So now, let's move on to uh, as far as like the key arrivals. So we know guys are left. We know the guys that left. So now the Bengals are now they gotta they gotta infuse some talent. Now we gotta see what they're trying to do, what direction, what are they trying to build in Cincinnati, because. Tell the truth, I don't even, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know if they, you guys don't see, I don't know, I, I'm just going by what I see. And tell the truth, I don't think they even know, to be honest with you. I think they're just making it up as we go, so I'm going to help them make it up as we go. So let's go ahead, Cincinnati, you know. So some of the key rivals they brought in Trey Hendrickson. Uh this dude from the New Orleans in the defensive end last year from the de- New Orleans who had a breakthrough year, man. I mean he had an outstanding year. ended up with 13 and a half sacks last year. So the crazy thing is um Hendrickson by himself had 13 and a half sacks, but the whole entire Cincinnati Bengals defense by himself created only 17 sacks last year. So that is a upgrade as far as the statistic shows. But I me mean, frankly I don't think Trey Hendrickson is really what, you, what the numbers said he is. I don't think the 13 and a half sack, I don't think that's that guy. I don't think he's a 13-and-a-half type of guy, sack guy. I think, frankly, he's more to the six and a half to maybe 11-and-a-half type of sack guy. I think that's really his guy. I think he's more of a pressure guy. He's a guy that's going to generate pressure than most of the guy that's going to finish and get 13-and-a-half sacks. So, good for him. He 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 13-and-a-half sack to make to that big money with the Cincinnati Bengals, man. Um, also, the Bengals brought in one of my favorite guys in the, in the league man Mike Hill one of my favorite slug corner in this league man uh, I mess with Mike Hilton, a guy that has a good, great story. Undrafted free agent, developed over there in the Pittsburgh organization. Uh, he became one of the best top-tier inside cornerback in the league in four seasons uh, in Pittsburgh. He had 7 interceptions, uh, um, three forced fumbles, and about 32 pass breakups. So this dude is, is always around the ball, man. He's a ball hawk. So I really, I like that pickup right there for the Bengals, actually, man. Especially stealing a division rival. Somebody from the Steelers, so that's a very good pickup. I think that's one of the best pickups they picked up. To real, Mike Hilton is a beast for for real. Um, and as far as the offensive line, obviously the Bengals, man, we also what happened with Joe Burrow's dog. So they picked up Riley Reef from Nebraska. I mean, from um, Minnesota. Riley Reef, man, hey, I, I'm a big Riley Reef guy. I'm am a fan of Riley Reef. He's a stable. He's a stable guy. It's like this. It's like. There's something that's consistent. You can wake up every morning and eat bagels or eat bread or eat uh, 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 cream cheese or eat scrambled eggs. It's just certain consi- it's a consistent thing. It never gets boring. It just never gets old. It's just you know what you're going to get with Riley Reef. and I think that would be a good upgrade as far as protecting Joe Burrows. Um, they're picking him up for the Minnesota Vikings. Also, uh, they picked up – should do be a, a a Woozy from the Cowboys. I just mentioned that name just cause they needed. I, I like his name, a Woozy. I just want to say his name. I don't think he's gonna be any for significant factor. Uh, he sucked in Dallas, to be honest with you. And I think the Bengals. Uh, I think he's gonna suck into the Bengals as well, man. Uh, and they picked up my man, Larry. Oh, Jinobi. Yeah, man, I got to talk about my Africans. You know, the only reason why I mention Larry, Jinobi, and Cheeky, too, is just the African connection, dog. You know, I'm African. If I'm going to talk about a team and they got Africans in there, I am obligated as an African to talk about my Africans. All right? Cool. <laughs> so, now, let's move on to talk about the, the draft. Need. The most important thing, man. This is why we're here. What's the draft needs and who are uh, the draft objective? Who I feel it should be the, uh, the player that you, that you draft. So, uh, the Bengals need a whole bunch of things, man. But most importantly, they got the franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow last year. So, you got to do everything in your mama to protect this boy, man. Obviously, you saw when you didn't protect this dude, he broke himself. So, I know we got Riley Reif with the, uh, as far as free agency uh, to, to, to tag with um, Jonah Williams from, uh, from uh, what, a couple seasons ago. So, with this pick, with the fifth overall pick... One thing we do know about the Bengals, the Bengals are going to stay still. One of the most conservative organization, man. Mike Brown don't even have the numbers of any other GM in the league. So, he ain't even worried about taking calls or people calling him and all that nonsense. The Bengals are going to stay at five. They will stay at five. And at the fifth pick, I expect them to draft Penel Sewell out of um, Oregon. It's a no-brainer. Even an idiot GM like a guy like Mike Brown knows you can't mess this up. So, I expect dummy Mike Brown to uh, to draft Penel Sue. Don't even overthink it, Mike Brown, because if you don't, uh, uh, your boy, your franchise quarterback, uh, he's going to be one of them. He's going to be, trust me, he won't make it another season if you guys don't uh, uh, go do something with the offensive line. Round two, I expect them to go ahead, man. This is, like I said, I'm, hey, Mike. Your, I'm giving you a freebie right here man like I'm not even gonna charge you for this I'm consulting I'm giving y'all your, your first pick you go get Penel sue right your second pick go ahead and get that boy over there in Alabama Center Landon Dickinson I know you guys probably won't think like this because you guys are not smart like the guru. that's why they call me the guru and they call you Mike Brown you know what I'm saying But the difference is I know football more than you know, Mike Brown. So with that said, I will double team as far as protecting my prize. I will get Penel Sue my first round, and I will tag that up with uh, one of the best um, center in the the draft class coming out, Landon Dickinson. Uh, This dude is just a beast, dog. I'm talking about you already – you put that inside the interior lineman right there, protect the front of Joe Burrows. Now that is how you start developing and building a, 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 a team. And with the third pick, you got to continue as far as the defensive line. Obviously, Geno Atkins gone. We saw with um, Carlos Dunlap gone, and I know we added the added I mean Hendrickson, but they gotta add some more on the defensive line. So with this pick in the third round, I looked at uh, Marvin Wilson. I think he'll fit definitely over there in in Cincinnati. They need somebody big, just like a Geno Atkins clone. So I expect them to um, to draft. I think, in my opinion, this is no brain. Once again, free consultant, third round, Marvin Wilson interior defensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals. So my first one, my first one, two, three rounds, round one, Penel Sewell, round two, Landon Dickinson, round three, Marvin Wilson, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals draft needs. Y'all know the drill, man, and we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk the Cleveland Browns. Sir, yes sir, yes sir, yes sir, it's the G to the U to the R to the U Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back! Appreciate y'all man, I appreciate y'all, hey, hey I love it Appreciate y'all showing us the love over there on YouTube Hey, you guys are killing. I gave y'all a. Hey, I said YouTube. Who's gonna do who? It's a competition. My YouTube audio or versus my audio guys, man. My Spotify. Hey, man. My Spotify guys. Y'all listeners gotta step the game up, man. Y'all gotta step the game up because them YouTubers, man, they love the good. They love this face. What are y'all trying to say, my Spotify audio guy? Y'all don't love my voice? Y'all don't love my voice? Huh? My voice? Spotify don't like my voice. Well, F fine the then. y'all don't know where I come from, man. Y'all, if y'all too young to know that, that Snoop Dogg. When he was the East Coast West Coast beef, man. Y'all kids don't know that. You know what I'm saying? East Coast don't work with the West Coast. The East Coast don't work with the West Coast. What? Well, fuck the East Coast, man. Oh shit, that was one of the deadliest shit, bro. Oh my God, Snoop Doggy Dog. See, y'all crazy. Y'all don't know Gangster Snoop. Y'all think Snoop is all old, making funny lyrics and shit. Snoop was a gangster, bro. A gangster, you millennial, man. Uncle Goo just give y'all a little history lesson, man. <laughs> so now, the history lesson of history lesson, dawg. Speaking of history lesson, I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns. We're moving on to the next, the next off-season preview, the next draft preview, and I'm excited about this team, dog. Because you don't want somebody to have a crush. You know, you all have that feeling. You know, what I'm saying, unless y'all now, hey, hey, pull out like this. We all had this feeling, when you just love something, or when you just love someone, when you just have a crush, when you just, every, just the butterflies, when you start talking about it, you just can't help it, that's how I feel about the Cleveland Browns going into 2021, I just get butterflies, man, I just get chills, dog, I love the Cleveland Browns, dog. Like oh my goodness, I'm so high on the Cleveland Browns that I'm smoking some handicapped weed high. I'm so high, dog, on the Cleveland Browns, bro. First of all, we all know GM Andrew Berry, bro. The Cleveland Brown Andrew Berry. This dude project his trajectory right now. It seems like everything Andrew Berry does is gold. Andrew Berry, everything he does is gold, man. You all hit it at the but This young kid, right, man, he's going to be one of the best GM when everything's said and done in football, bro. This dude has it all. Eye for talent. I mean, he's talking about high IQ. I'm talking about as far as the just innovative way of thinking, man. I just love everything about him. That's what I told you. I'm in love with the Cleveland Browns, so y'all got to deal with this. If y'all don't like that puppy love shit, then you know what? Tune me off now. But if you like that feeling of love, yeah, dog, because I'm about to show y'all my love for the Cleveland Browns. And if y'all with me, y'all better bark. I want to hear you say like DMX. Bark with me, dog. The dog pound. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, man. Obviously, led by my man Kevin Stefanski, man. So, this is like the, be- the best marriage in heaven, Mike. Uh, Stefanski and freaking Andrew Berry, man. It's like salt and pepper, dog. It's like you put salt and pepper to, uh, uh, without each other, they're good. But together, it's like the best freaking meal, dog. You can't have a meal without salt and pepper, dog. And you can't have a great success in Cleveland without Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski, dog. Woo! Man, I'm so hyped up, man. So the key departures is like Who wants to leave Cleveland? But you have Andrew Berry and Kevin Escafasi. Who wants to leave Cleveland? Nobody wants to leave Cleveland, man. Who's the key departure? None of them. I just got to name you all because I have this on the topic, right? Sheldon Richardson, Adrian Claiborne. They really is not key. They're just a departure. But they both were good contributors from last year. Obviously, Sheldon Richardson was a starter. Uh, They combined for about, what, seven, eight sacks combined? So it's not... uh, they just go they're losing more depth than anything else in, in my opinion now as far as the arrivals oh my goodness this is where andrew barry andrew barry is making his dog i know he quiet i know he don't say much but i keep telling y'all man andrew barry is killing the game everything he's doing man boom bringing in cornerback troy hill dude I love this move, though Troy Hill. I love Troy Hill's one of the best inside cornerback in the game. One of the best, he's a top seven slot cornerback in the game. Had a crazy season last year, man. Finished with three picks, two to the house, man three INTs, and two to the hizzy, dawg, you know what I'm saying, one forced fumble, and two fumble recovery, man, that's what you call a playmaker, you know what I'm saying, and he's bringing his homie with him, John Johnson, his safety from the Rams, he's bringing him with him, man, Johnson, another ball hog, with a, in four years, have a career, eight INTs, and this dude is always around the boat, with 32 PBUs, dawg, Every time you watch the Rams, it seemed like in key situation, my man John Johnson is always making plays, dog. No BS, and I love that move because one of the biggest need the um, the Cleveland Browns was needed was in the secondary, man. So now you had Joy Hill, uh, John Johnson, so so um, Denzel Ward. Hopefully, um, Greedy Williams come back um, healthy. I mean, I love everything. I love the build. I love the development. Andrew Barry what you're doing is amazing and the Cleveland Brown roster bro the, bro the Cleveland Brown roster man y'all got man y'all better woke y'all better don't be sleep bro because them boys uh they built themselves a team out there man and look I got to talk about this I know everybody want to talk about the Jadavian Clowny um, pickup I like that pickup because Jadavian Clowney is a man when he when you talk about the one of the best run stuff in defensive linemen in this football league, that's Jadavian Clowney. I'm not worried about people always talk about, oh, he only gets no sacks. Nah, bro. You put the film on, on Jadavian Clowney, they ain't about that side That's what they need him for. They need him to be a disruptor, and that's what he does, man. But really, I want to talk about probably the best free agent at the Kid Rivals, man. Like, I know most people and most major media won't talk about. That's linebacker Anthony Walker from the Colts, dog. Uh, the, the Browns picked up Anthony Walker from the Colts I love this pickup dude This dude is one of the best unknown linebackers In all of football Two years ago when Darius Leonard got hurt Led the Colts in tackles man This dude is a tackling machine High IQ He knows football dog This dude is, is going to be a value add. He's a locker room guy I love this pickup once again By Andrew Berry One of the best sneakiest young DM in the game man So now let's transition so the draft needs um, with this roster, I think it's like the Browns are in a situation right now where they could pick the best player. You know what I'm saying? It's like they, their roster is so developed and so not nice. I expect them to go with the best players available. So with that said, uh, with the draft needs, I project the, um, the Browns, uh, uh, they need a corner. I definitely think they need a cornerback because I'm not sure with the health of Greedy Williams. I also think they need an edge rusher, and also they also got to add on. They got to add something as far as offensive line needs. They got to add some more to that beef, even though they had probably the best offensive line unit in, uh, or at least one of the best offensive line unit in football. So with that said, with the first pick of the um, of the draft, I honestly, man, I, 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 Andrew Barry is a smart GM. And, and, and I'm a smart guru. So in this set, I think I'll, we know the Browns did a pass rusher, right? But I think with the with, with the addition of Jadavion Clowney, I don't think they necessarily have to get the pass rush unless somebody is available. So with, if somebody like Jalen Phillips is available, obviously you got to get Jalen Phillips. I mean, that's a no-brainer, you know what I mean? Got to get him. But if he's not available, I could see the Cleveland Browns drafting Asante Samuels Jr. over here at the cornerback position. So, uh, I just think just because the way the Cleveland Browns draft as far as their cornerback with Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, look for a guy like Asante Samuels Jr. I think his skill set fits exactly what Andrew Berry and company are looking for, man. A complete playmaker, a ball hog. I mean, a guy that could come up and stop the run. A tough, hard-nosed, complete corner man. So, look for as far as the um, first-round 26 big, I see Asante Samuels Jr. in Cleveland. Second round, uh, this one, they got to go as far as pass rusher. And, And frankly, I think they should stay close to home. I think they should get Patrick Jones. Um, from the University of Pittsburgh. I think um, Patrick Jones was one of the best, highly, highly, highly productive um, edge rusher in football the last couple of seasons. I think his productivity and his tape definitely shows it. He might not have a, his, his, his as far as his combine or his pro days, numbers, whatever that nonsense is, might not have really show, but you put out the tape on this guy. This guy's relentless, man, and he knows how to get after the quarterback, and I think he'll be another excellent upgrade as far as that goes for the uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So, like I said, the Cleveland Browns are in a situation where they don't need a bunch of draft guys. They're in a situation where they could actually trade in a situation and build more draft capital and draft equity for the 2022 draft. This is the perfect roster right now. It's built. They have depth in every position. They're basically too deep in most of, most of the important positions that you need to be in. So, um, Andrew Berry done an outstanding job. Kevin Stefanski have done even a better job as far as coaching this unit. And I anticipate the Cleveland Browns to take the next step. Yes, this ain't the first time I've said it. And I'm going to keep saying it again. I expect the Cleveland Browns to shock everyone and their mama this year. And for them to actually be the number one seed. I expect the Cleveland Browns to win up to 12 games this season, man. And y'all know the drill. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking the Baltimore Ravens. This is Monday Morning Football with the Guru. Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. welcome back welcome back welcome back hey man appreciate y'all once again appreciate y'all for tuning in i'm the g to the u to the i to the u this is what i do because this is what i do man because this this is what i'm here to do like i i, I came out the womb, man first thing i did was i'm like yo what's up man why don't you turn the game on man you know what i'm saying i was one of those kids i was i was born like on a on a monday so it was monday night football type shit so i was like doc man what y'all doing over here? Trying to get me out the womb and shit, man. You better put the damn game on, bro. Y'all messing around, trying to mess around with my mom, and shit, man. Dog, turn the damn TV on in this mug. When I came out the womb, I was like, turn the TV on. I'm trying to watch the ball game. Yeah, man. I came out the womb watching football, and I'ma go. And I tell all my folks, when I go out in the cat, my casket better be made in the shape of a football. Damn it. I'm going out in a football casket. That's what I'm telling y'all. That's how much love I got for this game, dog. I came out the vagina, but I'm going down in a football. <laughs> hey, let me stop it, dog. Let me stop it, dog. Let me talk about the Baltimore Ravens, bro. How about that? <laughs> because they always running the football. That's what they do. They talk about football. You know what I'm saying? Dying in football. The Ravens live and die. With the running game. With the running the football, dog. So, the Ravens obviously led by John Harbaugh, the longtime head coach. Seemed like he's been here since, I don't know, forever. Uh, um, The Ravens, I think what he's like, the second. I think the Ravens only had like two head coach, like uh, Brian Billick and John Harbaugh. Yeah, man. Shit. John Harbaugh is Mr. Ravens, right? Uh, So, let's go to the key departures. The thing about the Ravens, they always lose guys, but they're such a great developmental organization so it's like they, it's, they always find replacement uh, they, love, they lost, I remember last year was like a couple years ago was it Darius Smith and now all of a sudden Matthew Judon stepped up, now Matthew Judon is one of those guys, they didn't resign so he's one of those key departures uh, Mark Ingram, y'all I love me so Mark Ingram man, you know what I mean big trust now big, they trust is big ass out of there man, so Mark Ingram is another guy that they got rid of man um, they got rid of Willie Sneed. Actually, I was a Willie Sneed fan, man. It was something about Willie Snead. It seemed like every time I watched the Baltimore Ravens play, Willie Sneed always makes some type of, uh, a, a drive converting first down or something, man. He's just a clutch. One of those guys, he's just a, he's a, a chain mover, a chain reaction guy, man. A first down mover. And also, they also la- lost, uh, Yannick and Uh, obviously Yannick was, he was just, he just... Came there for like, what, you know, for five, six games, basically. He came there for half the season, so... But the thing is, that was just a, that was that was the entire Ravens pass rush right there. You know, they're blitz heavy team. So uh, with Yannick and uh, Matthew Janone, that was how they generated pressure. Without those guys, now they got to find other ways of generating pressure. But the thing about the Baltimore Ravens, like I said, it's like the Pittsburgh Steelers with uh, wide receivers. It's like the Green Bay Packers with offensive line. Man, you know what I mean? It's like there's certain organizations that just know what the hell they do in a certain position, and. Um, The the Baltimore Ravens, when it comes to the defensive front and defensive line, they know what the hell they're doing. So I anticipate guys already coming in, uh, all the guys that's already going to be developed. So as far as the kid rivals, this roster is basically set, man. It's like there's not too many there's not too many things to do. And historically, the Ravens are not a big free agent type of organization, man. They're a homegrown organization. They draft well, they develop players. So, as far as big time uh, acquisition, that's not their that's not their DNA. Uh, but this year the um, the two guys they brought in, Kevin Zyther, he's my guy, man. The offensive lineman. Uh, obviously right guard. He's going to go replace um, Marshall Yonder who retired So uh, we're going to see how that goes And also they bring in wide receiver Sammy Watkins To tell you the truth I, I think Sammy Watkins is He's an average he's an average football player I think he's a jag He's just a guy So he's just a name guy anyway So be, be, be frank with you uh, But they brought him in just because he's a name guy Now let's move on to the draft needs the Ravens, like I said, this is it. the roster is a Super Bowl roster, man. They got everything they need, but they got to strengthen up certain needs. So, uh, uh, for me personally, I think they got to attack the edge rushing position. They definitely got to attack. the the center position because it seemed like every time they hide the ball or something somebody was coming through the middle last year when I was watching Baltimore play and they got to add an extra defensive line and that's what the Ravens is specializing as far as defensive line and offensive line so now moving on to the draft prospect uh, as far as who will fill those needs the first round pick I anticipate the Baltimore Ravens do what they do. Go to the defensive line. They're probably one of the best defensive draft organization in football, man. I anticipate Jalen Phillips, the defensive standout from the University of Miami, to be the first pick over there for the Baltimore Ravens in round one. Uh, um, moving on to round two, I definitely like the interior offensive line target here. I like and I love my guy Creed Humphreys. From Oklahoma Center, I think that'll be a definitely upgrade because, like I said, you put the film on Baltimore last year. It seems like uh, there was there was issues as far as the interior offensive line play. Obviously, they have a good um, tackle play, but the interior offensive line it was kind of shaky. And adding a center like Creed Humphreys would definitely be a value upgrade at that position. And in the third round. Um, they need they need they need beef up front, man. They need beef, they need macho because we already going with Jalen Phillips as far as the edge rusher. So they're going with the D line but I I expect them to get J 2 Fooley. I can't say his name. I got no J. Too Fooley. J 2 Fooley. You know what I'm saying? My Samoan boy, man. J2 my dog. If I mess your name up, my bad, homie. But I'm sure I ain't the first one. And I sure damn ain't going to be the last one. All right, J? So I'm going to call you JT. Bringing sexy back, dog. <laughs> so that's who I see, man, in Baltimore. You know the Baltimore Ravens. They like them Samoans out there, man. Them island boys out there in Baltimore, as far as. Uh, the interior offensive line and developing pressure and making sure they um hold up as as far as the run against the run. So the Baltimore organization, they, I mean they they, I mean, something about success. Success has a script and have a system. And the Baltimore Ravens are very successful organization, so they, they they have they have a plan. They always stick to the plan, uh, and is and right now it's the same old Baltimore Ravens. They draft well, they develop well, and they play well, and that is not gonna change in 2021. So with that said. That concludes our Baltimore Ravens offseason draft needs, and we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the king of the North themselves offseason and draft need. This is Monday Morning Football with the guru. Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. It's the G to the U to the R to the U. yes sir yes sir yes sir welcome back welcome back appreciate y'all man for showing love and and everything else and showing hate by the way man i need more hate dog like for real like y'all gotta show me some more hate all this love and all this stuff i'm gonna i wanna i wanna get some hate bro because you know i'm a battle i'm a battle battle sportscaster you know what i'm saying i ain't like the normal who, hey nah i wanna battle dog so the more like ah throw shit at me i'm like yeah 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 you know why I said throw me hate? Because the most hated team in the whole AFC North, dog, the king of the North themselves. Yeah, because I want to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers because they get more hate, and they use that hate to be a beast, dog. That's what I'm saying. That's my whole hate, hate situation. Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, one of the, the bluebird, blue bread blood as far as uh, NFL football organization. When you talk about how to run an organization, you go to Pittsburgh and you pick up the book of how the uh, the Rooney family run an organization, man. So, they're led, obviously, by general manager slash president. I have a label that want to label my man, um, Kevin Colbert. Um, obviously, he's been there since, what, 2000, I believe? He's been there forever, basically, his whole life. I feel like since um, I started watching Pittsburgh, like, for real, for real, Kevin Colbert has been their GM. So, that's what matters. At least the whole 2000s, for real, for real. Um, and then Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin's been with them for, like, 15 years himself. Like, Mike Tomlin's been in the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers forever, his damn self. So, uh, those are the two stalemates. It, it mixed with the culture of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? They like expired milk. They like expired stuff. They like to hold on to things longer than most organization, man. So, with that said... Now, it's kind of ironic, I said it like to hold things longer, and I'm going to talk about the key departures, right? (laughs) I just saw that, man, look at that, I didn't even do that on purpose, but now though, with the key departures, this is key right here, man, left tackle, Alejandro Villanova, you know what I'm saying? It seemed like every time I watched the Steelers, this big old guy, Alejandro, was being. I think it's uh, check me if I was wrong. I don't know. If, I think he went to, like, Army or something. He, he might be the guy. Cause see, I think he's the guy that always carried the flags every time Pittsburgh comes out, man. Uh, so, I think they're going to miss me. He's a state. was has been there forever. I'm um, also one of my favorite guys, man. One of my favorite inside corner. One of my favorite story guys. Um, Mike Hilton, the undrafted free agent who ended up becoming a, a top seven inside cornerback in the whole entire league. He was another key departure from the Steelers organization this past season. And, obviously... Um, starting running back, James Conner, the Terminator. James Conner, we all know his history. We all know his stories. And we all know we're familiar with his tenureship in Pittsburgh. It never really was anything that both parties would have accepted as far as success. So they went and they parted and they went in a mutual way, James Conner. And also, the Pittsburgh um, uh, parted ways with other starting cornerback, Stephen Nelson. So the Steelers are right now, they, they, they're in the organization right now, they're in limbo. I kind of I don't know what they're kind of doing in a sense, but I kind of trust what they're doing because they have that, they got receipts. You know what I'm saying? They got equity amongst me. They got equity that they know what they're doing equity. So even if I don't know what the heck they're doing, I have faith in them knowing that because of their their receipts and their past history, uh, I, I'm just going to go lean on them like they know what they're doing. I hope that makes sense, you know, because I don't know what the hell I'm just doing with them right now. Oh, yeah, I forgot to add. Now, just in case I forgot this, I got to add that as far as the key departures, man. Uh, um, Bud Dupree, I can't believe I didn't even add that in there. One of the biggest departures to have, Bud Dupree, as far as the sack specialist, he was also a key departure. Just, I got to add that in there, man, just in case y'all are like, damn, Guru, you ain't mentioned Bud Dupree, because I know y'all be commenting, man. Y'all comment, um, what do I call them? The comment vultures, man. Y'all comment hyenas. You know what I'm saying? Just waiting for the cat to make a mistake so y'all can be a hyena ah, and be like, yeah, you wrong, cuz. You wrong. Well, damn, yeah, cuz. I'm wrong and I'm going to be wrong again too, dog. Shit. Man, just like your team drafting a quarterback, man. They don't always hit in the first round, man. <laughs> so now let's go to the key arrivals. None. The AFC North is a development organization, man. Pittsburgh is, is the leadership of that. As far as they like to drive, they like to build a home homegrown guy. You don't, you don't really get too many high-ticket, free agent type of guys. That is not their forte. That is not what they do in Pittsburgh. That's not how um, Kevin Colbert worked, and that's not how Mike Tomlin worked. Now, let's move to as far as the draft needs and draft projected players. This is the whole Pittsburgh organization right here. They take pride as far as going out and looking for talent and cultivating that talent into building a successful football team in a season. So, with that said, draft needs, they need a running back, damn it. They were one of the worst running teams in football. Had hey, half the season, I mean... I, basically by December, uh, they, they quit running the ball, like them and the Buffalo Bills, they just quit, they didn't even know anything about running the ball, they didn't even know what running the ball means, so with that said, the number one priority is a running back, and with that said, the number two priority is the offensive line, because they got to protect their big old um, quarterback, old ass quarterback in Big Ben, and the running back that they will draft, they do got to protect, somebody got to open the holes up for that running back, all right? And they got to they got to get an upgrade as far as the cornerback position, man. Uh, they're, they're very old at that. They're very old at that cornerback position. Will Joe Hayden and company? So they got to get a, they got to uh, infuse some young talent at that position, especially with with Mike Hilton also departing this offseason. season. So let's go to the projected players now. The projected draftees. Uh this is easy. Hey, Kevin Coburn, like uh, you're a stand up guy, you're a self made, you're a football. You're a football life you're a football grinder. So me and Kevin Colbert, I know we're in the same situation and we're in the same mindset. So Najee Harris, it's a no-brainer, it's a slam dunk, man. This is just take it to the bank. If you, hey, bro, if you if you're about that gamble life, you better put everything you got. Najee Harris will be a Pittsburgh Steelers. If not, then somebody's gonna get fired sooner than later, man. And with that said. Number two, they got to help up with the offensive line. Obviously, with uh, Villanueva leaving and a couple of injuries, a couple of other guys um, leaving as far as the offensive line. Their right tackle was also gone, so they got to upgrade. And I like Walker Little out of Stanford, man. I like this kid, man. He's a he's a Stanford offensive lineman, so you know what you're getting. He's fitting down mold. He's NFL ready. I know he's he was plagued with injuries here and there. But when he gets to the pro level, this kid stalks his move. This dude has first round talent, man. So walk a little out of Stanford. Uh, I expect him to, to slide in that offensive tackle position, man. And then at the third round pick, I was uh you gotta put, you gotta short the back end. So I expect them to draft Sean Wade, the cornerback slot, the, the corner. The outside slash inside corner by depending how Pittsburgh wants to use him. I, I anticipate seeing him more as an inside corner to replace Mike Hilton. So, I expect him to drop in the third round from the Ohio State University cornerback Sean Wade. So... Like I said, the Pittsburgh organization is a well-oiled machine, man. They're like Chick Fil A, man. They're like my uh, McDonald's, man. It's like you already know what you're getting, man. It's like you don't even gotta. You could go to bed, sleep in, and wake up at night know what you're gonna get. They still is gonna be. Uh, uh. They're always gonna contend for the division. They're always gonna be contending for the um for the for the Super Bowl. It's just what they do, man. They're they're contenders, man. That's who they are. They are the Pittsburgh. Um, Steelers, they are built strong, Steel City baby, and this concludes the Pittsburgh season, of, the Pittsburgh Steelers offseason and draft needs, and this concludes Monday morning football with the Guru. Y'all know the drill, like this, love this, share this, and I'm out. <laughs>